Well, this morning we embark on a four-week series entitled Invite Your One. And you've been hearing some things about Invite Your One. Uh, We are entering into a series of messages that will focus on as well as help motivate us to participate in this campaign, which is called Invite Your One. It is a message series designed to assist you in taking the focus off, maybe just looking in our our immediate world here, take the focus off of that and focus on those around us, to focus maybe on the city of Goodland, to focus on our neighborhood. That's what this series is all about, helping us to focus elsewhere instead of on ourselves. And so this series of messages that we will be engaging in here in the coming weeks will challenge us to participate in our church's mission, okay? And what is our church's mission? Well, our church's mission is on the front of the bulletin. So grab a bulletin, if you have it handy there, and look at it. And as you look at it, you're going to see that the mission of Harvest Evangelical Free Church is joining God in the harvest. Joining God in the harvest. That is our mission. That's why we are here. That's what harvest is about, about joining God in the harvest. Now, that particular uh, statement of joining God in the harvest comes from Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38. And, of course, that verse is recorded there on your bulletin for us. Would you look at it with me and uh, follow along as I read it? So here's what it says, Matthew 9 there, verses 37, 38. The harvest is plentiful... But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So there before you, if somebody ever asked you, what is harvest all about? What is the mission of harvest? There you have it. We're about joining God. Joining God in the harvest. Now look at that verse with me. There's a couple of observations that I would like to make regarding that verse there, found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38. I'm going to bring two observations to you. Here's the first observation. Observation one is this. The harvest is plentiful. Do you see that recorded there in those verses? The harvest is plentiful. Now, as you know, this passage is not talking about the harvest regarding, like, the corn harvest. We're not talking about the corn harvest. We're not talking about the wheat harvest that happened here later earlier this summer. Uh, God is making it clear uh, that there is a harvest, and notice the harvest is abundant. The harvest is plentiful. In other words, there's a lot out there to be harvested. Now, what is this abundance? What is this plentiful? What is it that's out there that there's plenty of? And the answer to that question is, there are many, many people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those who do not know Jesus, they are the harvest. And what does God say in His Word? The harvest is what? Plentiful. So there are many, many people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God says, it is plentiful. It is abundant. There are many, many people that don't know Him as their Savior. That is observation number one. Here's observation number two coming from that same passage, Matthew 9. 
The only thing that is lacking, according to this verse, is workers. Do you see that? The only thing that is lacking is workers. Based on the scripture passage, part of the solution is to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. So there's the solution. We need to be in prayer. We need to be conversing with God, asking God to send out workers. Remember, number one, the observation one, the harvest is plentiful. It's abundant. There are many, many people that don't know Jesus. The only thing that is lacking, according to that verse, is workers, those who will go out and talk. Each Sunday morning, I want to let you know something. Each Sunday morning, there is a group of people gathered together that are praying. And you know what they're praying about? They're praying for workers. All right? They're praying for workers. And guess who the workers are? You guys. Okay? We're praying for you. We're asking the Lord to to use you to impact somebody's life for eternity. You are one of the workers that God desires to use. So we want to encourage you to participate in the Invite Your One. Invite Your One is one simple step that you can take as a worker. And taking that simple step of Invite Your One, you may impact and change someone's life for eternity. Well, at this time, you kind of heard a little bit about a testimony. Titus was sharing a little bit this morning that he went and was looking for an individual. Uh, Michael, is that right? Michael was his name. And uh, Titus is already on, on the road. He's a, he's, a, he's a worker. He's inviting somebody to come to church. And that's a wonderful example. We've got another testimony I want you to hear about. Somebody that's uh, inviting somebody to church. So I'm going to ask Derek, would you... Uh, share just a little bit about this. Uh, Derek is one of our, our partners, one of our prayer team people. And like I said, we're praying for the, the workers. We're praying for you guys. And uh, basically, after the first session that we got together, uh, something happened to you when it comes to Invite Your One. So share with us. Yeah, we had, uh, we'd had our first, uh, first meeting. And um, I think it was either later that night or the next day, my wife and I, Tammy, were discussing who we, we might invite. We were kind of tossing some names around and thinking about it. And um, it was like a day later, one of the people I'd never mentioned coming to church to or anything in the past just out of the blue messaged me on Facebook and asked me what church I went to. Um, they were looking for a church home. This, this is one of the people that we talked about. Just all of a sudden, you know, we prayed about it. Uh, our first meeting, we prayed for the Lord to put people on our path that we could invite, that we could uh, share God's uh, grace and mercy and, and, the, and the, the gospel with. And this person just out of the blue after our, our first meeting, and Tammy and I talking about it, messaged me and asked about uh, what church I belong to. She's looking for a church home. Um, she's wanting to come to church. So we're going to try to do everything we can to accommodate her. She has some health problems and things like that. Um, We've offered to meet her in the parking lot uh, to sit with her and things like that. Um, so I encourage you to be in prayer for that, uh, that the Lord will put people on your path and that you'll recognize them and, and that you'll have the, the words to speak. You know, the Bible says, always be prepared to give an answer for the faith that you, that you believe in. So I encourage you to do that. Um, God will answer your prayers. It may not be the way you think he will, but he always, he always does. So I just want to encourage you to be in prayer about uh, someone you can invite. 
it's, it's pretty amazing when he does things like that. So just want to encourage you to, that, to do that. Cool. Thank you, Derek. Now, it's not always going to happen that way, okay? <laughs> you know, you're going to think about, okay, who can I invite? And then you get a phone call. Hey, I want to come to your church, you know? That's what happened to you, Titus, right? You know, this guy says, you know, I need to get in church. So you know what that says? That just verifies the truth of our passage there in Matthew 9. The harvest is plentiful, okay? And as we meet together on those Sunday mornings to pray for the workers, which are you, you know, we're praying that God would just prepare these individuals that you may be asking and uh, preparing their hearts. So we are already working the soil. We are tilling the ground. So this will be a successful uh, time together of inviting people. So anyhow, be in prayer about who God would like you to invite. And uh, again, it's just a simple invitation. Come and join us at church. All right, pressing on here this morning. Let's, uh, we talked about our mission as a church, joining God in the harvest. And uh, it made it, God's made it very clear that there are many, many people that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And our attempt, you know, making a, a small impact in the life of Goodland, uh, all we're going to do is just invite them to church. And, of course, it's not just come into church, which is important, uh, but also when they do come to church on that Sunday morning, we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. So maybe because of your inv invitation to come to church, that guest, that friend that you invite, they'll be standing next to you in heaven as we celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and eternal life. So be in prayer about that. Well, the main passage I want you to focus on this morning is uh, in John chapter 14, and we're looking at verses 12 through 14. And so we're kicking off our Invite Our One series, and we're going to use John chapter 14 as our, our passage of study, as our springboard this morning. Follow along as I read that passage, and you'll see it there on the screen. If you have your God's Word with you, go ahead and open up to John chapter 14. Again, verses 12 through 14. So here's what it says. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That is John chapter 14, our passage of study. Now the Bible truth that I want to focus on in this passage, uh, perhaps it's grabbing your attention. There's other things that could grab your attention. But the one that I want you to really focus on is this. Jesus says in verse 12, you will do greater things than these. That's the instruction he gave to his disciples. And that instruction applies to us. You will do greater things than these. Well, just reflect with me for a little bit, as I did with the young people up front here. Reflect on what Jesus Christ has done. What do we know that Jesus has done that demonstrates his greatness? Well, you know, Jesus has walked on water, right? We talked about how Jesus has fed the 5,000 with, you know, five loaves of bread and just two fish. Pretty amazing. That is great. Uh, Jesus has made the lame to walk. And Jesus has taken those who are blind and he's made them well so that they can see again. And of course, Jesus has raised the dead, 
back to life. And we have the story of Lazarus. So there's some great things that Jesus Christ has done. And, of course, the, the disciples have been walking with Jesus, and they've been seeing all these things take place. And then all of a sudden, Jesus turns to them and says to them, Guys, ladies, you will do greater things than these. You will do greater things. And, of course, when we hear that, we begin to ask ourselves, okay, what in the world is he saying? Does that mean I'm going to be able to jump off a tall building and not hurt myself? Is that what it means? Am I going to walk on water? Am I going to bring somebody back to death, from death, excuse me, bring somebody who is dead back to life? What is being said here? Well, in order to understand this passage, where we need to focus is on the word greater. Okay? So we're going to talk about greater. You will do greater things than these is what Jesus says. So what does this greater mean? That's where we want to focus. Well, greater does not, okay, greater does not mean that you're going to have more power. Nor does it mean that you're going to be more knowledgeable and more full of wisdom. Uh, we can't have more power and knowledge than God, all right? God is God, and He remains omnipotent. He remains the most powerful being in the universe. That will not change, and we will never be able to compare with Him. So we can't be just as powerful nor as wise as Jesus. So what does greater mean? Well, greater means extent, okay? You want to jot that down? The word is extent, a greater extent. We can have a greater impact geographically as well as numerically. That's the whole idea of these greater things. We can have a greater impact geographically as well as numerically. Let's look at a, uh, a picture here. This picture up here on the screen is the picture of Jesus' ministry. And uh, I want you to kind of focus on the green there in the area of Galilee at the top there and Samaria and Judea. This is the geographical area of where Jesus' ministry took place while he was living on earth, okay? It's about a 200-mile radius. That is Jesus' ministry. That's his impact, okay? And through his example and through his impact, I mean, there are hundreds of people that followed him, that accepted him as their, as their God, as their Lord and Savior and followed him. But that's just in that area. Now, what's really amazing and cool, after Jesus leaves, okay, he goes through, of course, the death and then the crucifixion. Excuse me, back it up here, crucifixion and death. And then, of course, he comes back to life on the third day. Does he, does he remain with us forever and ever? Does he remain in this particular area? Well, no. There is what we call the ascension. So Jesus disappears. He goes to heaven and be, to be with the heavenly Father. So Jesus has removed himself. He is gone. When Jesus removes himself and leaves, guess what happens? The book of Acts tells us that after Jesus left, there was like 3,000 that heard the message, okay, that trusted in Christ as Lord and Savior, 3,000, that's in chapter 2, and as you move into chapter 4, it jumps up to 5,000, okay, up to 5,000. So the extent, okay, the greatness is taking place, do you see it? Jesus, no doubt, I mean, not to take away from Jesus' ministry, Jesus made a great impact, but he was only back, you know, in this area here in Samaria and Judea, about a 200-mile radius, that's where he was. When he left... 
Then we had a population explosion. Things took off. We start seeing thousands of people come to Jesus Christ. Let's go on to the next slide there. Got the next one for us? Got it? Okay, here's what happens. You see Jerusalem there with the dot. That's the area where Jesus is ministering. He leaves this world, and his disciples take over, okay, and start sharing the good news, and look at what happens. You know, it goes to the ends of the world. Do you see it taking place? Do you see the extent of the gospel impact? See how much greater the gospel impact is when Jesus leaves? Jesus says, you will do greater things. Again, it's not talking about power or knowledge. We're talking about the extent, the geographical impact, as well as numerical impact. When Jesus left, man, things took off and we had a population explosion. And when we talk about population explosion, we're talking about the people accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we see it taking place. Great things are happening. You see that? Great things are happening. Brings us to our next slide. All right, here we are. You can do greater things, Jesus says, okay? That doesn't mean you'll be able to jump off a tall building and not get hurt, okay? We'll, this, we'll erase that, all right? That's not true. Don't go try that, all right? But, uh, but you will do greater things, and your greater thing just starts with sharing an invitation with your neighbor, your friend, whoever it may be, Whoever God has placed on your heart, just share that invitation. And God says, you know, that is greater than walking on water. That is greater than bringing somebody back from death. That's what he's saying. You're going to do greater things. And it begins here in Goodland. So you're going to do some wonderful things. You're going to impact some people. Now something to keep in mind here and understand is that God has set you up for success, okay? Now, God wants you to do great things. Now, he's just not talking about it. God has also set you up to do great things, and that's what we want to talk about at this time. So our passage of study here in, in uh, John 14 lists two important tools that has, God has given you for your invite your one success. So we're going to look at two tools God has given you that will help you be successful in Invite Year One. The first tool is hinted at in verse 12. We're in John chapter 14 again, looking at verse 12. And uh, Jesus says, you will do greater things than these. And then he says, because I am going away. That's towards the end of verse 12. He says, you're going to do greater things because I am going away. So verse 12 makes it real clear here that Jesus is departing. He's leaving. However, although Jesus departs and leaves, he does not abandon. That's important to remember. Although Jesus has ascended and is now at the right hand of the Father, he's in heaven. Although he has departed, he has not abandoned. Because if you go on in John chapter 14, we don't have a whole lot of time to do that. But if you go on in John chapter 14, we find that Jesus says, When I depart, he says, I am going to ask the Father, the Heavenly Father, and He will give you another counselor who will be with you forever. And He says that is the Spirit of truth. 
So the tool that we possess as followers of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. Remember, I said God has set you up for success. When you step in and participate in the Invite Your One campaign, God has set you up for success. He wants you to succeed. And how has He set you up for success? Well, number one is He's given you that Holy Spirit. You have that power force living within you. You have God's presence by way of the Holy Spirit. And here's what's so cool about that. You have the Holy Spirit living in you? Well, here's what can happen. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You can do a greater work because God has given you the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit will empower you to be His witness in Goodland. Okay? He's going to empower you. He set you up for success. Hey, Christopher, can we back up to that, uh, that uh, map of uh, Jerusalem with the lions shooting out? There. That, that's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, go into Galilee, and you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. See that explosion there? Boom! Because of the Spirit of God. And that same Spirit that caused this major explosion where people became followers of Jesus Christ is the same Spirit that's in you. Okay? So expect big things and good things. God has set you up for success. Let's press on. Another tool that God has given you, in addition to the Holy Spirit, to help you succeed in inviting your one, uh, look at verses 13 and 14. In verses 13 and 14, again, we're still in John chapter 14, it says this, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Well, because of time, we can't spend a whole lot of time talking about prayer, all right? There's some wonderful things about prayer in these verses. In fact, we're going to be talking about prayer in the near future. Uh, maybe near is not the right word, but uh, on, the, on the ticket, as far as what we're going to be talking about uh, in 2017, is prayer. So uh, just to give you a little heads up, we will be talking about prayer, and hopefully that will kind of uh, satisfy you for a bit. What I want you to see here regarding this is that uh, one thing you can bank on for sure is that prayer works. Okay? We've been given that tool, prayer. Remember, God has set you up for success. He's given you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And He's given you the power to be His witnesses. In addition to that power of the Holy Spirit, we have the tool of prayer where we can converse with God Almighty the one who is the Lord of the harvest, we can converse with Him, and through prayer, things happen. So prayer does work. So, be encouraged to be praying. One of the questions that we have uh, already uh, proposed to you, and you've probably seen it in announcements and so forth, be in prayer about whom God would like you to invite. So just be praying about it. Just say, hey God, I'm going to impart... I'm going to participate in this invite you want. And so, Lord, who is it um, you would like me to invite? And, uh, and if you're thinking, man, I don't really have anybody I can invite, 
I read an interesting statistic here. It, the statistic says that in our, in our, our acquaintance circle, there are about 20 people that we have that we could reach out to. So just throwing that out there. So thinking about, oh, I got 20? Yikes. <laughs> Your impact goes pretty far, really. So there's people out there that you can invite. So be in prayer. Lord, how can I involve, or excuse me, invite somebody? Also pray about your involvement. Some of you are probably thinking like, uh, I don't know about this. Okay. And that's fine. Just say, you know, just let me know somehow. You don't have to tell me, but just, just pray about it, would you? If you have a little doubt like, okay, what's this all about? I don't know if I want to do this, whatever it may be. Uh, pray about it, would you? Please just pray about it. What, what does God want you to do? Um, and then also begin praying for this. If this person pops into your mind, I think I'm going to invite so-and-so. Okay, pray that they will come. Start praying that whatever kind of a obstacle is in the way, that it'll be eliminated or removed. And uh, so pray like that. And then when they do come, pray that they would hear and receive the gospel. So we're expecting big things. And the big things all happen because you are participating, you are inviting your one. And it's going to be very successful because this will bring glory to God. It will. Because God is concerned about people. And so this will be very successful. Um, we're going to just leave the results up to Him. But he wants you to be successful. Therefore, you have the, remember, you got the Holy Spirit. You got the power, okay? You got the power to be witnesses. And second of all, we have prayer. And prayer moves the hand of the Creator. How that works, I don't know. But God, we have prayer. So, you've been set up for success. Be in prayer, how you can invite, and how you can participate in the Invite Your One campaign. You'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. But it's going to be a good thing. Somebody's life is going to be changed forever because you invited. Let's pray. Lord, again, thank you so much for the opportunity to join you in the harvest. Uh, Lord, we know that you were already at work. That's why the harvest is abundant. You're already at work. You're preparing hearts. Lord, may we accept the challenge. May we just take that step and invite. And Lord, we'll let you change that life forever. Thank you. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.